What a gift and a joy it is to be with you to preach um, and to spend time in this community. Some eight years ago now, I think it was, your congregation participated in an experiment happening here in the New England Synod called Forward Leadership Community that has become something else entirely in that time, but you were one of the first early congregations who joined us, and it was the beginning of my call to serve on the bishop's staff. So I have had a, a place in my heart for this congregation for quite some time. It was good to see Jack again today from those eight years, Jack. That's a long time. But here we are on Transfiguration Sunday with a familiar text for us and one in which I most always consider how Jesus didn't stay on that mountaintop moment. But instead, after that transforming encounter with God, carries the glory of the moment into everyday moments, even through suffering and the mundane into the valleys of our lives. This time, though, as I was reflecting on the scripture, I kept being struck by two points. The first, that this text begins in prayer, with the Holy Spirit coming as prayer is offered. That the glory of God is encountered in a moment set aside. And second, that the purpose, I've been wondering about the purpose and the reason for that desire to create those dwelling places. Where usually I often dismiss the attempt, I was curious in a new way about what that meant for those faithful disciples with Jesus. So let's start with this prayer. I don't know about all of you, but this past week, I feel like I've been praying an awful lot, maybe more than is typical. Between COVID and Ukraine, the future of the church, you know, small little things, and wondering about what prayer does, how powerful it is, how meaningful it is, how it changes us or it doesn't. We don't know what Jesus was praying for, only that the space was sought to pray. And then the Holy Spirit appeared, came among them. I'm, I'm struck by what it means to be in that posture of prayer, one where we're open to receiving the Holy Spirit, not dictate the Holy Spirit, not as we anticipate or expect a particular answer, but to be led into bold newness and transforming encounters with the Holy. You know, the hard reality is that the Holy Spirit doesn't always arrive in neatly packaged answers to all our desires. Can you see how I feel about that? Though admittedly, it is often how I pray. Save this thing. Make this possible. It's probably not far from the disciples who were praying and desiring a savior to save them and prevent death, illness, 
heal the sick, end war. It's an ongoing prayer. And how often, if you are like me, maybe more than you want to admit, do we tend to measure the depths or success of our faith by the, me- by the number of spectacular epiphanies we can claim? Those moving God moments, those answers to our prayers, the times when we've overcome suffering, incredibly moving worship where everything works, including the technology, just the way we want. A full church. A sermon that moved us to tears. How often do we claim our blessings based on specific, concrete answers to our deepest wishes? The Holy Spirit came. And with the Holy Spirit, Moses and Elijah, the promises that they embody. Not salvation, not a promise of no harm or suffering. In fact, the opposite of it. God's glory was shown in a bigger promise, beyond our limited boundaries, beyond our limited abilities to imagine, certainly beyond what the disciples imagined on the other side of the resurrection. Did you know, currently, In the New England Synod, there are 166 congregations and 53, 53 of them are in transitional discernment without clergy. That's fun. Or it's something. 53 congregations exploring partnership opportunities, Merger possibilities. Some will close, having discerned their mission in this time and place is fulfilled. Only about 10 of those 53 will call a full-time pastor. And while 53 of our congregations are without clergy as they enter that transitional discernment, I think all 166 of our congregations are probably in some kind of transitional discernment in the midst of COVID realities and changing cultures. Sometimes it feels like it would be really easy to despair over those numbers, to use the language of decline, to, be, to pray to be saved from such a trial as this, to fear for the future of the church. But I have hope and a deep belief that this is the time to stop and pray, to be open to the Holy Spirit so that in our encounter with the Holy, we are transformed, to pray in such a way that we see the glory of God shining bright upon a church becoming. Certainly, it's easy to look back to the church that was. Booming memberships, Sunday schools, buildings, popping up everywhere, even pre-COVID. It's different than where we find ourselves today. And we want to return, to dwell again in that space. 
And yet in our scripture, when the suggestion is made to create dwelling places in that space with Moses and Elijah where the Holy Spirit transformed, I'm struck by the fact that, well, I will often say and have preached in the past, we can't make dwelling places to be stuck in one place. I notice this time Jesus, who so often rebukes his disciples, remains silent. Instead, silently regarding that suggestion, Jesus moves on, pointing to what is to come. And it has me considering, perhaps there is something to dwell in. Not a place to lock in or freeze Moses and Elijah and this mountaintop experience, but perhaps instead to dwell in the promises that Moses and Elijah embody. A promise of freedom from slavery and all that keeps us captive. A promise of community and a command to attend that community in care. That these blessings, the glory of God, they are transformational, worthy of acknowledgement. But also, they are not a single moment to be remembered from the past. They are not a static reality, a history to be memorialized, but rather a legacy that accompanies us all into the present moment and the next one. Mountaintop moments and mundane, celebrations and suffering, in death and in life, these promises that transform us go with us. 166 congregations, 53 in transition, 43 will merge or close. It could sound desperate and dire. It could sound like a walk to the cross. But we are people who stand on the other side of the cross transformed by the promise of the resurrection. I believe with the power of prayer, with the glory of God shining on us through us, it is in fact freedom to walk with, to dwell with the Holy Spirit into something new. One of the hardest truths about being followers of Jesus is that grief and suffering and challenge often walk side by side with glory, new life, hope, and triumph too. I see a church becoming, and I'm praying for that transformation. Sometimes church buildings will close, but other times it will be transformed. Our definitions of community and connection might shift, become more expansive. I think about COVID and remote worship and virtual um, worship. There has been hardships and challenge. But also, think about the invitation and expansion of how we see community anew. I was just telling Pastor John this morning that I was asked by someone that I was the trainer for. They were one of my CITs. I still call him a kid. He's 34 years old. He's not really a kid anymore, but he's one of my kids, and he's been worshiping with you. 
He's been worshiping with you online for many months. He just asked me to officiate his wedding, knew I would be here, and thought about whether he would be able to join you in person. The day was not today. So I can't call him out right in front of you all right now. But the day is coming. How has our worship expanded our connection to those who are homebound, to those who are seeking, to those who are not here in this space, but are here with us, who are seeking and praying and wondering what it means to be a part of the glory of God in community with one another. Pastor John also shared with me previously when I got to meet with your church council that you had renters who left your building. Ooh, we could pray, couldn't we? Oh no, our finances and the trouble of what that means. But in prayer, in prayer, that community, a new community, and this community was open to what could come, to a new relationship. Not just renters, but co-collaborators. I think that as we move forward and are transformed by these promises that free us from all that holds us captive, we'll move from competition with other congregations to collaboration. It's a transformation on the horizon. Grief and joy, death and triumph, they walk side by side. But steadfast is the promise of the resurrection. Our story, our freedom and gift as resurrection people is one of triumph over death, of seeing life and hope and of journeying together. That is our witness as church, one that requires no building yet calls us into gathered community and care for each other. It makes sacred each moment from the spectacular epiphanies to the fearfully mundane. And it both sets us free and compels us to be transformed as we pray and the Holy Spirit meets us on the way. Amen.